Good morning and welcome to another episode of Share Your Light. I'm your host, Allie. And I'm Tim. And today we are here with Matt Butler. Welcome, Matt. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm so excited to have you on our show. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> so um, you're aware of our purpose of the show is to share journeys and to share your experience, how your awakening journey began. And there's a lot of value that people get to take away from some similar experiences. So we yeah. really like to take dives into that. So I would love for you to share a little bit about yourself Um Anything that you'd like to share? Yeah. Uh, so my name's Matt. I uh, grew up here in Utah. Uh, I was part of the predominant religion. Um, joined the Army right after uh, after my mission. For those of you who don't know, like the Mormon faith uh, sends young men out uh, to do missions. I came home from my two-year mission and joined the Army right away. Um, so I joined the army in 1990. Um, that, uh, led me, I originally joined for three years. I thought, oh, you know, I'll only do this for three years. I'll get some college money. I'll get back out. And, uh, ultimately ended up doing 27 total years in the military. Um, the last 20 of those years was as a Green Beret, um, which I was, so I finished my Green Beret training in, uh, 99. And so I ended up, um, uh, I guess in what you, you know, special forces, uh, pre nine 11. So I spent the next 17, 18 years on active duty during, you know, an active conflict. So that earned me six deployments and 42 months total in combat, um, before I retired in 2017. Um, other than that, I have three daughters and two grandsons and yeah, everything's that's me. <laughs> wow. Thank you for your service. That's amazing. Thanks. Wow. So cool. So how did you go from the man that I know now, <laughs> from there to there? Like, where did your, your awakening journey begin? Yeah. What did it look like? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. You know, like what, what brought me here today, sitting in, you know, in front of this mic and, and telling this story. Uh, and, and that really, and I guess, the, the, you know, the introduction is really a great contrast for you know, exactly, um, I guess, to frame that, that journey. Uh, because frankly, yeah, I, I think that, you know, all of those years previous, like, so I'm, I'm 52. So for the first, you know, 50 years of my life, a lot of what, um, you know, we could talk about a lot that we will talk about today would probably not even have been in my vocabulary, in my consciousness, in my, you know, in my world at all so yeah there's there's been a major <laughs> shift in my life a major dramatic shift in my life um so how i how i came here how this came about was so i as i said i you know i did a lot of i did a lot of tours in iraq and afghanistan by the time i retired in 2017 i was um i wouldn't have told anybody but i had really really bad ptsd um but the programming that I received as a Green Beret and, and then those really masculine, you know, zero defect. I mean, that was even the phrase of the military back then. Like they called it the zero defect defect army, meaning if you had a problem, they would throw you out. Like they, there was always an opportunity. They were always seeking an opportunity to get rid of the weak, you know. 
So, so it was very hard for me to even acknowledge that I had, you know, PTSD by the time I retired. Um, on the surface, everything looked well. Like I, you know, I had a great job. I had a retirement. I had disability. I was making an additional six-figure income. You know, I had my hobbies uh, and passions and everything like that. But, but truthfully, behind the scenes, what was really going on was, you know, I had... I probably had an alcohol problem. I mean, I hesitate to say alcoholism, but it was probably alcoholism. Um, I was flirting with opioid use. Um, I was, uh, I, I had, I think, somewhere in the neighborhood of a dozen restraining orders. Uh, ultimately, my father ended up having me arrested uh, because I was so out of control. Um, Ended up getting fired from that job. I was going through my third divorce. My kids wouldn't talk to me. So, you know, on the exterior, everything looked fine, but interior, everything was falling apart in a big, big way. So ultimately, um, it was when I was arrested that I had to figure out, you know, like a real solution. I couldn't, I could no longer, you know, that old adage about if you keep doing, um, the same thing over and over but expecting a different result yeah. right that's insanity and i was i was going insane because i was doing all the things right all the things i was doing all the things that they said to do i was taking all the pharmaceuticals the prescriptions i even had a service dog at one point um i was going to therapy group talk i, I mean i literally was doing everything that they could suggest at the va but nothing worked and so in that jail cell that's when i I, A, admitted my problem was bigger than I had, you know, admitted before, and then B, admitted that, or committed to the idea that I needed to find a real solution. Um, so when I got out, I just started Googling, you know, all day, every day, or as much as I could, things like uh, real solution for PTSD, veterans who've cured PTSD, PTSD cure, you know, just all these different random ways to try to get different search results. But one thing that I kept coming up over and over, um, kind of rising to the surface, if you will, was um, was ayahuasca, mm. uh, which is plant medicine. It's a, it's a psychedelic that's normally um, consumed in the jungles of South America, but there were so many videos on YouTube about people, veterans who'd done ayahuasca in the jungles. And there was something that resonated inside me because I could see into their eyes, I could see their eyes and I could, I could hear in their voice that they were well. Like even though they were giving these interviews like one day or two days after their first ayahuasca ceremony, it was so like, like it was so calm and reassuring that I, I felt like that was something that I had to pursue. Uh, so even though it took me a couple years, I finally did my first ayahuasca ceremony um, about, uh, it was probably about nine, ten months ago. And I, I don't know that I could possibly put into words now or even back then even predict what sort of transformation, uh, what sort of opening that that created in me um, in that first, very first ceremony. Wow, it's tremendous. After all of those years of research and looking and discovering and the day that you made the decision to shift that, it 
seems to have happened so fast from that point. Ten months ago is when that began? Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's only been ten months. And I, I think that that's something that if if I allow it to creep in, I get a little awkward about because it, it has been very, you know, light lightning speed, so to speak, um, mm-hmm. in terms of my, you know, my awakening, my spiritual awakening. Um but I try not to listen, listen to that, and I just try to understand and remember that everybody's journey is, is different, and everybody has a different path. Um, so I, I, I guess one of the things that I like to tell people is that I'm, I'm really not learning anything. Like, like on, here's a funny little story. Like, when I was getting ready to retire from the military, I really thought that the PMP certificate, which is Project Management Professional, you know, the PMP certificate would be really great. It would probably help me land really great jobs, earn a great living, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I studied for that test for months, and I think I took a total of like six practice tests. Like they're, you know, and it's a long practice test, and I could not pass. I, I, I literally couldn't pass the, and, and everybody passes. Like it's like, what is wrong with me? And I, and I actually kind of felt like there was a place where my, my traumatic brain injuries mm-hmm. had had sort of s- caused my brain to stop. Meaning like, okay, whatever knowledge you have now, retain it really carefully because you're not gonna get any more new knowledge, wow. was my thought leaving that experience. I was like, okay, apparently I am done learning. Well, and now to, to be on this path and have like this knowledge that seems to just be flooding into my brain, the only way I can explain it is to say to people, that you know what i'm not learning anything i'm actually just remembering it mm-hmm. and that's how it honestly how it feels to me as well and 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 see even that statement is something that would never have been in my vocabulary 10 months ago um i i had no i mean i knew what reincarnation was i knew that it was you know something associated with eastern philosophy or eastern religion I, I didn't you know i mean i was aware of it but i never had any sort of um experience with it nor felt drawn to it or even would have even said that it was real it was just you know a a belief that some other religion had and then wouldn't have put any stock in it but now i can i can look back and and confidently say oh i i totally believe in reincarnation i believe that you know actually that you know my my past lives were alternating between warrior shaman warrior shaman warrior shaman until warrior shaman in one mm-hmm. single one um i know that my last past life was um i fought for the u.s in france as a soldier uh, in world war one so so all of that has sort of flooded into my um, existence, into my, my reality now. And um, I think that kind of explains, uh, at least a little in part, like <laughs> how, has this ha- how has this transpired so quickly? Uh, and I just, I guess the, the only explanation I have is because it's always been there. And now I'm just finally remembering it and finally becoming aware of it. You are, <clears throat> sorry, you were ready to remember. That's that's what I tell people. Like, um, I always picture it as like doors in our heads. Mm-hmm. So the information's there; it's just behind the door. And once we open the door, that's yeah. when we get our memories back from the stuff that we've done in our our previous lives. As far as like <clears throat> when people go through their awakening and they start continuing on their journey, uh, it's that's how it's. I just 
always pictured it for me. Like when I learn how to do new things when it comes to like energy work and yeah. doing stuff with the paranormal, it's just the information's already been there. It's already there in my subconscious mind. I'm just finally opening the door. Yeah, that's such a good point. There's, you know, I, they always talk about how much of our brains we use. You know, some people say you only use 10% of your brain. Well, yeah, like to me, that is the subconscious um, energy, subconscious information, all the subconscious, all the stuff that our subconscious hold, and how do we access that information that's in our subconscious? Is the, you know, is is exactly how do we open that door Those and get behind parts. there because there is so much inside of our subconscious there's so much information yeah and i love um exactly uh, you've depicted that well like the journey is very fast and everybody's journeys are so different but what i heard in what you shared there is there were inclinations took a couple years to to follow that inclination. Oh, yeah. Once you did, it's like opening Pandora's box and just... Oh, do, 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 do. boy, yeah. So, like, so often we, we are our own blocks, right? <laughs> and so having um, the experience and following the intuitive leads, especially when they're so clearly guided, and everybody's is a little bit different, right? So where you kept seeing a repeating trend and leaned into that right. aspect, then it opened up. So everybody's going to have their own repeating nuance, that's nagging kind of at their soul to, to get some attention. And yes. so we don't need to keep putting it off into the future because those are the things that are like helping us as that tool, but it's up to us to accept that process, tool, experience, whatever the individual may have to open up those pathways. Yeah. And once they start to open, you really kind of can't close the door. You don't want to close the door. I guess we always could, but we get so excited that yeah. we kind of fall <laughs> into... <laughs> The growth pattern of that. No, I, that that totally resonates with me. I, I think that there's there's so much um, discovery, um, and there's I think there's so much, in some respects, even some doubt and some like some real deep programming mm -hmm. that really holds us back as as you know human beings to walking through those doors, to embracing that and accepting it. Because frankly, the way I look at it now is like I see all these systems that. Like as a child growing up in the 80s, just felt like, oh my gosh, like these are the bedrocks and the foundations and pillars of society. Things like, you know, constitutional government and, uh, you know, the patriarchal system and marriage and institutions and even capitalism and all these things that really don't want you to, those systems really don't, you know, resonate with a spiritual awakening. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not trying to say, you know, like, let's go burn down the, the system, and anarchy reign. That's, that's <laughs> not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that those systems are very uh, antiquated and outgrown. And we're, you know, collectively as a collective conscious and, and, and as a body, you know, of people who inhabit this earth, I think you can feel the shift moving into better systems. And so, yes, like all of my programming was telling me like, no, 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 no. But inside, there was there was something else that was there just waiting to be discovered. So powerful. So how did you, you mentioned that you know what your past life was mm. and how that is integrating into this. How did you come to that realization? <laughs> oh, my goodness. So um, the first time, the first time was, as I was preparing to go through my plant, plant medicine ceremony with the shaman who led that ceremony, 
She actually interviewed me over Zoom because I was living back east at the time and I was going to do this ceremony in the west. And so she met with me over Zoom several times. I think it was a total of three um, to, to interview me, to read my tarot, a number of things. And she didn't exactly let on everything that she saw in those Zoom calls. She sort of held it until the ceremony. But she did say one thing that, that disturbed me. Um, <laughs> she said that, you know, like the, the relationship that you're in right now is not going to last. And I, like, I was thinking like, well, oh, my God, like this is the best relationship I've ever had. That's disturbing. And so on my own, I went out and sought uh, another medium and reader and she was a native american she was cherokee um this was this took place in tennessee just outside of nashville and um i was doing some remote some work there for you know for my job and i was just there for a couple uh probably a month anyway so i went to her a couple of times and she she actually told me that no like you know the woman that you're with now uh she you know you'll be with her and and but then she saw my past life, and that's when she said that. So even now, I will admit, like even in that moment, and and, and I get it. Like like now, you know, listeners or, or would be you know followers are saying, well, one medium says this, and one medium says that, and so I, I kind of want to just delve into that mm -hmm. for a little yeah. moment, uh, just to say that, y you know, like when you go to somebody and and somebody reads your tarot or your runes or, or any form of divination, that, that's not exactly predicting and locking in the, the future is not written in stone okay the 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 future well actually all time is fluid and this is one of the my biggest lessons is you know we look at it as broken up in individual blocks right set one second in 1880 equals one second in, <laughs> oh, you know 2020 right yeah that's and and those those seconds make up minutes minutes and hours and so on and so forth so we have all these units and we're moving linearly yeah yep. which is so not true like like in in this realm in this this spiritually awake space you begin to understand that that time is fluid it's circular like i can work on me and my shadow work and i can dive into making myself a better human being and by so doing, I can actually heal my ancestors who are in the other world, rooting us on, cheering, holding space for us, encouraging us to do so. We can heal the wounds of the past and change the trajectory of the future. So just because they both had different reads on that doesn't mean that either of them were right or wrong. It really means that, you know, another favorite saying we have in this space is, as you know, where attention goes, energy flows. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it was more or less me I, I, it was up to me and her whether that relationship lasted or not. But, but yes, what came out of it was she read and said, yeah, like you, you were uh, a soldier fighting for, you know, for allied forces with the U.S. Mm -hmm. in World War I, and there was a village, and you apparently saved some women and children. Now, I, I tucked that away, and I thought, well, okay, I came here to find out about my relationship and have any other wisdom before I step into the ceremony but okay, I just put that in the back of my mind. I did. I sort of just discounted it because I still hadn't stepped into that ceremony and had my awakening. But honestly, there was so much before that ceremony that I just kept tucking away. Like, nah, don't focus on that. Just just focus on going to the ceremony. Just focus on getting well, curing your PTSD. Um, so, uh, so that's how I came to know that. And then. 
I will tell you that further um, use of, of plant medicine, attending other ceremonies, um, that's when it came through that that my life's my 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 pattern in previous incarnations had been through had been warrior shaman warrior shaman and then this warrior shaman thing that, that came about so I really like that um, that's really cool because the medium thing that's exactly perfect like the timeline you had a perspective shift mm -hmm. and it had changed so much between the one to the other reading that you had with those mediums but it sounds like you really had a lot of these things that were just getting cast away so not <laughs> we don't always need the plant medicine to be the end of the road to bring those connecting dots, but True. so often we can discredit these little things and say, eh, 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 and swipe them aside yeah. <laughs> until something is a catalyst that brings them all together. And that can be many things for many people differently. Um, but wow, like, that's really cool. So how did you go from... I mean, I just know where you are now. Like, I'm still so impressed with how fast that's all come to be. Um, so I guess a couple things... Um, and, and I really, I want to go back and just um, emphasize your point about not every, you know, it's not always related to plant medicine, and it's not. Like, frankly, you know, um, my my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, so so far so good, right? <laughs> Relationship, <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm putting em you know, attention on that so that energy flows there. Um, but yeah, um, you know, she's never, she's never been to a ceremony. She's never done plant medicine and never will. So yeah, it's not it's not a requirement. So thank you, I uh, agree. Um, and then I think there's as part of my personality, per, uh, honestly, like I am kind of an all-in type of guy. I mean, you know, especially kind of, you know, as a green beret, like that was part of my my personality, right? Like you're not sort of a passive green beret or a part-time green beret. You either are yeah. or you aren't. You're all in. <laughs> yeah. So that was kind of my philosophy on this as well. Like when 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 the, there were so many things honestly tucked away and I just wasn't paying, I wasn't giving them space. I wasn't allowing them to take root. And then when I had that very first ceremony and literally, you know, the shaman that led that ceremony just said, she's like, you know, you, I, cause I had so many questions about what I was saying. And she literally just said, Matt, that's your third eye opening up. That is your third eye opening up. And, and so at that point, I, I wanted to turn it off and couldn't. <laughs> I literally, I was still so new into this space and so confused. Like I literally just wanted to turn it off, go back to the old way of things. But I just, I literally could not. Um, and so, yeah, my third eye um, just, it was literally like just taking, you know, a massive blinders you know, like, a, uh, like an eye mask off and seeing for the first time and just going, oh my goodness, like what in the hell? Because uh, I, was, I was starting to see um, past lives. I was starting to see spirit animals. I was starting to see, I was just starting to see things that I, I had never, had never seen before. And then I, like, again, the logical 3D me was saying, okay, this is why Nancy Reagan said, don't do drugs, right? Just say no. <laughs> Because children of the eighties, yeah, right. Like it's like, oh my gosh, like I'm, I'm still in, you know, the medicine. I'm still in some sort of hallucinogenic. It's been a week since the ceremony. Why is this still going on? It should have metabolized, and I couldn't, you know. And so it took me even still a little bit longer for me to finally understand it. I, I will tell you, I went to another ceremony not long after that because 
I was still I was still trying to get my footing, so to speak. So I went to another ceremony. This time it was one in Kentucky, and I I remember like okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this really serious. So like we could only show up at a certain window at the you know at the place the ceremony is held. So we had some time to kill because we were a little early. So we went to a park and, um, okay, I'm like, okay, I'm going to focus on my intention. I'm just going to do some meditation. So I sat on the grass and I started to meditate. And the moment I started to meditate, um, I started coming out of my body. I just started lifting off. And, and, and I, I mean, I felt it. I was, I was probably a good six to 12 inches out of my body and, and rising. And all of a sudden I had the, the, the memory. I was like, oh my goodness. And I remembered in that moment that as a child, I used to do it all the time. As a child, I used to be able to leave my body. I used to be able to feel vibration of, you know, like if somebody said, find an ace and spread out a deck of cards, I could hold my hand over it and find the ace. Um, I used to, I used to be able to work a pendulum and different things like, like as a tiny kid. And at, at one point I said, you know, to, to my parents, to my peers, to my friends, Hey, you know, like what's going on with me being able to leave my body or something. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And of course, being raised in a really tiny town of, of Mormons in Utah in the eighties, seventies and eighties, like that just didn't that just didn't sit well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, we have eight heads. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, like, you know, I think at one point, you know, I think my mother or father told me that that was satanic and it's a cultish and, you know, like, like all this stuff. And there was a big fear at the time. There was a there was a book written in Utah back in, I think, in the 80s called Jay's Journal about a kid that got wrapped up in the occult and everything like that. And so what did I do? I locked it all down. I locked it down, I shut it off, and literally forgot about every bit of that until, you know, that second journey, that second ceremony when I started leaving my body again. I was like, oh, there you go. Hey, old friend. Awesome. I remember you. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, what is going on? And then that night in, in that ceremony, we did two, that was the first night, we did two nights of ceremony. And over the course of those two nights... The medicine, which it was ayahuasca, and most people, almost everybody refers to ayahuasca as an entity, a she, a female entity, um, a persona. And Grandmother Ayahuasca came to me in those ceremonies. And the very first night, it was a small dose. That was their protocol to give a very small dose on night one. So it didn't move me a lot. I only, I, I just came out of my body a little bit that first night. But on night two, we astral projected, we... You know, we went to all the ends of the universe. We went to Jupiter and back. We, uh, I felt my friends were in trouble during the ceremony, but it wasn't my ceremony. It was, you know, there were protocols, so I couldn't go help them. So I said, okay, well, I'm just going to leave my body and go help them. Mm-hmm. And did, and so then I was in their space. Um, so, you know, things like that happened. And then one day, you know, it was about the same time frame. I had another friend and mentor say, well, my goodness, like there's so much going on with you. Like, I wonder if you could, you know, remote view. And I'm like, I don't know. What is remote view? I had no clue. She described what remote viewing was, which 
you know, I'm sure you're familiar with, but for the listeners, it's it's when I when when the viewer connects to a participant to their energy, and the participant is in um, you know any sort of setting, and they try to experience that setting with their senses. So they're smelling, touching, tasting, looking, you know, mm-hmm. hearing all the all the inputs from their whatever it is that they see. And then the viewer just gets into that meditative theta state and then just opens up his sketchbook, their sketchbook, and, and starts drawing. And so I, I, she, told, she described to me and I called a good friend and said, hey, I, I want you to connect with something and just connect with all five. And, and he's actually very spiritually awake, so he, under, he, understood, mm-hmm. you know, he understood the assignment. So, <laughs> so he uh, he went Someone outside. Someone watches TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So he went out and uh, he connected and did a great job sending that energy to me. I, I don't know if it would have been such a success had it been someone else that wasn't familiar as him. But yeah, uh, he sat in his garden and uh, literally, I, it was probably 80, 90 percent accurate wow. of everything I saw, everything I drew. And then he sent, I, I texted him when I was done. I said, okay, I'm done. He sent me a photo of what he had seen uh, or what he was experiencing. And, and I sent him a picture of what I had drawn. And it was, you know, it was 80, 90% accurate. And I was like, hmm, I guess I can remove you. Who knew? <laughs> like, what am I, you know, okay, that's new. Um, so, yeah, there's, I mean, it, it just, again, I think that, like, once, once I realized that this was real, which was like in that second ceremony where I was like, oh, wait a minute. This isn't all a bunch of made up, you know, malarkey. Mm -hmm. I had these gifts before. What they've been telling me is in fact true. Hold on a second. And at that point, I'm like, nope, I'm all in. Let's go for it. And yeah, dove dove in to all of it. So awesome. It's so easy to do when you have those connecting dots. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And <laughs> Once that moment clicks. <laughs> well, and that's a great point, too. Like, I have a good friend who says it this way, and I, I haven't ever heard anybody else say it, but I, I, I'd be interested in your perspectives. But he says that, like, deja vu were clues that he gave himself in a past life for this life to remind him that he's in the right place in the right time. And and I like that really resonates with me. I feel I feel like we do give ourselves clues. I do think that you know our, our past life, we we one thing that I like to tell people, and I really really believe this, and I know that this is a this is a hard pill to swallow, um, especially for people who are going through serious struggles. Um, but I I know, and I also only speak for myself because I don't want to project anybody else. But I know that between the last death and this birth, we designed our soul contract. We said, okay, what do I need to go to level up, so to speak? What do I need to go to the next level in my spiritual evolution, in this eternal, you know, in this eternal progress, um, in this consciousness? What do I need? Hmm, I didn't get enough of this in these past go around. So I'm going to add some of that in. Mm-hmm. And we design those we design those soul contracts to help us evolve in this lifetime in the next go around in a way that we get the challenges, we get the growth opportunities, we get the the struggles that we need. You know, like you know if you go to the gym, you don't you know, you don't 
grow new muscle by by working with the minimum that you can mm -hmm. work with, right? Yeah. You, you get it when you when you work at the maximum of your capacity. So I believe that this lifetime, um, that that each lifetime, each incarnation, is designed to help us to progress beyond where we were in the last go around. Yeah. So. Yeah. So yeah, I I um. That's our soul contract. That's incarnation. That's yeah. So that's yeah. What I've I've learned. I don't know if I strayed off on that one. <laughs> I think it's entirely possible. I've heard in the past before um, with Deja Vu that it is just a way to let you know that you are on the right track. Um, for me, it's normally, it's it's weird how it happens because sometimes I'll dream about something years before it actually happens. Mm -hmm. And then as that event is happening, I'm like, oh yeah, I totally dreamed about this before. Um, I actually had it happen, I think, like, last week I was doing something, and I'm like, yep, I'm, I'm going the right direction. Yeah. But I, 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 I don't know as far as, like, it's yourself leaving clues, because I've never looked into that. that. I mean, it is a good theory, and it is entirely possible, but I do believe the part where um, experiencing the deja vu is just reminders that you're, you're in the right direction. Yeah, I, yeah. At a minimum, it is, yep, I agree with that completely. Recently, I've had a, a little bit of a, a shift in a different perspective because I was completely, and still am, quite in alignment with that. But another perspective that kind of dropped in, this has only been, well, within the last two months, is because we've created that contract, because we've had choice points that we've laid out, we also, because of that nonlinear time, have the opportunity to essentially time loop. And we can actually experience deja vu also as a form of coming back to a spot. So if we got a little off path, and it was our whoop, come back to here because it gave us a new opportunity to realign. Yeah. Yeah. So it can come through in that form, I believe, as well. So I think they're both yeah, no, that perspectives sense. of guiding our path one way or the other. Yeah. Either it's the kudos and yes, you're there, or it's we knew somewhere that we got a little squirrely and well. pulled ourselves back in to maybe try left instead of right the next time. It's, yeah, a, <laughs> it's a glitch in the matrix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could definitely go there too. <laughs> Great, great movies to, to uh, yeah, well, no, absolutely. That those that movie series is a perfect. Um, uh, there is truth to yeah. it, the small conditionings of planting those seeds for us to be able to consider something different beyond the construct that we've been raised in society and yeah. that's been around us, right? So when you, yeah, when you first begin to see it, like it's my favorite thing. Like when I, I've you know, helped other people find this space, um, step into the spiritual awakening, and to see the look on their eyes when suddenly it clicks, like that's one of my favorite feelings, and like to give them a hug and then look deeply in their eyes and just say, welcome to, you know, welcome to the real world, man. Like welcome to, you know, the real reality and just say, congratulations, we just unplugged you from the matrix. Like, you know, like I literally believe that. Like, I, I do believe that this is a simulation. Like, most of this world, right? <laughs> like, it, I think that it's, it, yeah, I think it's kind of a, not in a simulation that, the, you know, quite as literal as Matrix would make it, where we're all some in some giant factory plugged in. But but there's there's so much artificiality that's, that's into our lives. I mean, like, I mean, I know that I'm very fortunate and blessed to have been, in the military for 27 years and have a retirement where I can essentially retire.
from you know needing to chase a paycheck but like there was because I, I I don't work now I mean I like I said I went from a six-figure job and I got fired and, and then I, I picked up another job right away and I did it for a year leading up to my first plants medicine ceremony but after that I was like no I'm done like time is too precious I am I'm gonna hold on to that um, but you know like I just think about people who work, you know, 60, you know, 50 years of their lives so that they can retire and have the good life. And it's like, yeah, you're getting, you know, most, most of the people who do that are probably dead within five. And it's like, so there's this matrix going on around us of these, again, back to these old systems that want to keep you in line, keep you in check. Um, mm -hmm. And, and no, like <laughs> that is not the real world. I think you, meant, you, you mentioned earlier the shift and how people can feel the shift. So my depiction of the matrix, you're right, it's not so like computer-y program, right? Um, but because we co-create. And so with those systems in place that we were raised within those structures, we all accepted that that's the way things were. So therefore, we were creating a world around us that that was mirroring back. Yeah. So now as we're shifting those, there's more people starting to mm. look the other way. We're starting to co-create new ways of doing things and that is what's starting to shed light and change the old ways into the new ways because there's more people now focusing energy to the attention mm -hmm. going to the the ways that are helping of all if it's good for one it's good for all right. not just for some and we're moving away from that mentality into the other and it's shifting the matrix but the matrix yeah. is essentially our co-creation of what we're collectively believing and accepting as truth we all in a way, collectively accept that the sky is blue and the grass is green. Right. So it is. Right. But if we all decided one day that we want to change that color, we're powerful enough to actually manifest oh, yeah. that into yeah. actual presence. I really like that. I really like what you're saying about, yeah, like this, like the matrix is there, but, and it's not a computer. It is a collective that we've, because this is what we all agreed into, and that is our collective consciousness for now. Right. Yeah. And I, and I do feel it shifting. I, I mean, I, I see it all the time. Like, you know, like, most people are, you know, reading the news and thinking like, oh my God, how do we go back to, you know, pre-Ukrainian pre war? How do we go back to pre-COVID? How do we go back to, you know, pre-9-11? Pre yeah. yeah, and it's like, we don't. No. <laughs> no we, we don't. Like, like those, like, there, there's, it, to me, it feels like the systems are crumbling even faster, like, like gaining... Again, the more people that we draw into the space, the more people that resonate with this, the more people that find it, the more that that collective consciousness shifts. And I think that that is why there's so many of these systems that are beginning to break down, you know? Yeah. Yes. And I think it's picking up speed. It's growing. It grows quantumly, right? Yeah, not, it Not does. linearly, so. And so fast when it's on that quantum level. Yeah, yeah. And the more energy that starts to go towards that, we do that. And I think actually on a collective blueprint maybe not specifically the situation but we do put some certain things in the path that allow humanity to come together for the cause of humanity mm -hmm. and negate the separations between barriers of countries or mm -hmm. race religion sex gender right all of that um yeah. gets to change out so we get to see people for the humanity that it is and as soon as that gets felt there's certain people that never go back to their old way and then more people oh, start yeah. to look at that collective humanity mission and that yeah. we're all one and one is all and there's no division in between that anymore and as people start getting on that it starts building that momentum more and more and more yeah <laughs> so 
you have been a huge advocate for a lot of veterans mm. and men just all together in general yeah, coming yeah. from that big macho masculine mm. patriarchal spectrum to actually embracing the masculine and the feminine being able to be soft but hard right mm. um you want to share a little bit about that boy do your i your passion like is yeah yeah boy do i um so I think that one of the misconceptions that I had to get out of my collective conscience and replace with a new, a new belief was this, this idea about masculinity and femininity, right? Like I, again, growing up in a very conservative small town, 80s, you know, you can imagine some of the um, programming that was instilled. Um, and I thought, okay, you know, there's there's two genders, there's there's and there's you know, and, and men will be masculine and and women will be feminine, you know, and like I always, you know, I mean, again, Eastern medicine or Eastern spirituality, I was familiar with what yin and yang was, and it was a perfect little representation to talk about the balance of, you know, of of, of masculine and feminine in partnership and in union, and that was complete BS, right? Like, <laughs> like. That like if you think of it that way, if you think of like a, a, a you know a man being masculine and a female uh, female being feminine and combining those two in a union, really what I just described was a terribly codependent relationship. Like without you know feminine energy in my life that you provide, I am unbalanced and lacking, and without the masculine energy that I provide you, you're unbalanced and masculine and lacking. So neither of us function without the other. That's so codependent. The, the truth of the matter is, is like we all need to be centered and grounds, grounded and balanced. And how we do that is by embracing both our masculine and feminine sides. Mm -hmm. You have a responsibility to embrace your masculine side as much as I have a responsibility to embrace my feminine side. And we talk a lot about, you know, toxic masculinity and sometimes even toxic femininity. And so it isn't, you know... So I guess a couple of thoughts there. Like, A, I need to embrace my feminine side. B, it needs to be divine. The divine feminine, the divine masculine, not the toxic. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think that there's just a, you know, a, an idea out there that another wrong paradigm that, that sort of suggests like, well, okay, this is my finite pie. If I invite femininity into my life as a man then I'm somehow sacrificing or giving away masculinity, mm -hmm. right? Which is completely false. Like when I work with these these men, and I, I do, I often work with, with, you know, soldiers working, you know, that have PTSD issues or um, they don't always have to be soldiers, but sort of men who've grown up in this super patriarchal system and, and have overcorrected into, you know, hyper toxic masculinity, I, I literally just want, I, I, I will hold them, I will rub their head, I will kiss their forehead, I will sing and dance, and I'm a horrible singer and a horrible <laughs> dancer, and I will cry with them, and then I will remind them I can still outshoot you. In other words, like my ability to cry and hold space and, and be in touch with my feminine side and 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 own that does in no way impair my masculinity yeah. you know and so it's yeah there's a there's a there's a a beautiful paradoxical 
you know, dance that goes on there where I try to show them like, no, like I promise you, man, it's okay to, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to, you know, to receive. Mm. Um, it's okay to express that you're struggling. You know, all those things are okay. Not that those are signs of weaknesses, not that those are traditionally feminine, but just like, you know, get rid of this idea that, you know, you can't be broken, that you can't show weakness, you know, that you, yeah, that's, that is a big piece of what I, of my work. That's so cool. You've helped so many that I know of already. Um, Thanks. In the short period of time that I've been able to see and witness is powerful. It really is. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's vital. It's vital work. Um, I think that there's a, you know, I think that there's some real solutions to our mental health issues in this space. It's, you know, and, and again, that's, I'm not talking about plant medicine. I'm talking about spiritually awake space. I'm talking about, you know, learning about our past lives, learning about our soul contract, learning about, you know, the divine masculine, the divine feminine, learning about our guardian angels, our spirit guides, our spirit animals, etc. Yeah. And I understand that you, you resonate with the term Norse pagan shaman. Yeah, I do. So that some some of the different tools that I know of is some rune casting and some helping people with their spirit animals, mm-hmm. um, amongst other things. Do you want to share a little bit about how what some of those tools look like that you get to yeah. help yeah. people connect with themselves? Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, no, I'm happy. And, and I want to delicately address the word shaman. Okay. Yeah, yeah. May That's I, where, I, yeah, I was going to say okay. I wanted you to be able because, to. Because... I'm sure that there's people like picking up stones and sharpening pitchforks right now because they heard the word shaman in the first 10 minutes of the podcast. Um, So just to be clear, and with all due respect to, to First Nations peoples of all continents, um, let me, let me walk us through that. Okay. All right. So first of all, the word shaman is a Siberian word. And it just means the one that sees. And so some people will say, well, yeah, white guy, you can't be a shaman. And, and they're like, well, okay, then by that methodology, um, we, then people who are what we consider, you know, four or five generation shamans down in the jungles of Peru and Ecuador and, and Bolivia who hold these ayahuasca ceremonies then technically neither can they, right? But no one bats an eye when we call a South American shaman a shaman, right? And that's because of just efficiency of language. So let's just understand the efficiency of language is simply that, like, for example, if I go to, if I go to Peru and I order sushi, well, I order sushi and we all know what sushi is. And I get sushi when I order it because it's understood that raw fish is sushi. So the word shaman just simply means Someone who's dedicated to healing, someone who's dedicated to helping, who resonates with a particular tribe, and and that's it. Like so, it's an, you know whether you don't have to be a minority, you don't have to be from first you know first people's nations, you don't have to be any of those things. So um, again, my shaman who led my ceremony when she, when my third eye opened up, that was what she said. She crawled up in my face and said, "Matt, the universe brought you here." You, this was orchestrated, and it's my pleasure to inform you that you're a shaman. Mm-hmm. And again, that's, that, that was in between that space and that one where I finally came out of my body, where I finally accepted it. But I was wrestling with that 
for months. Mm-hmm. Like, is this like, what is she talking about and why won't it go away? <laughs> so, so yes. And then secondly, I just want to address the word indigenous, meaning a lot of people will say, well, you know, you're not indigenous. Well, everything is indigenous. This was another word that was hijacked. The word indigenous just means occurring organically at place of origin. I am very much indigenous to Scandinavia. That's, mm-hmm. That is where 70% of my DNA comes from Scandinavia. The other 20% comes from Germany. And then I got 10% of other, you know. Mm-hmm. But yes, I'm very much an indigenous Scandinavian, you know, human in this in this current embodiment in this iteration uh, of my incarnations and then the shaman piece was something that again my soul contract was something I chose into again alternating from warrior shaman warrior shaman to finally warrior shaman so yes I again out of respect for First Nations peoples and 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 you know Native Americans and whatnot I I hold all of my shamanic practice within the Norse pagan tradition so as to not offend that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, yeah, so with that clarification, I spend a great deal of time working shamanically with, with well, frankly, anybody, but I generally find a lot of closed-off, ultra-masculine men. <laughs> that seems to resonate with me for obvious reasons. So able to guide him into that. And, some of the, and so I studied with and, con- and continue to study with a mentor. Uh, she's taught me and teaching me in ancient shamanic traditions. So things like, you know, wounded energy fields, spirit animals, past life retrievals, runes casting, which for those that don't know, runes are discs that are usually carved out of rocks or bones or or antler of some form. Um, That it's basically Nordic tarot. um, That, uh, so yeah, just a lot of energy work in that space. Awesome. Yeah. Something to kind of custom fit to whatever the needs are, huh? Yeah, it's, I, I don't I don't have a one size fits all, so if somebody comes to me and, and speaks, you know, like says, hey, I was, you know, I was talking to so-and-so and they said I should reach out. So I usually generally start with just a, like a get to know you phone call, try to understand what the, what the, you know, the, uh, you know disease for lack of better words is or what the you know what is the crisis that we're trying to solve um, and then um, formulate a plan for how to go forward with that and it can involve a number of things you know but generally it starts with a shamanic journey to the to my shamanic lower world for their behalf to see if I can discover some of their their wounds some of their spiritual wounds and missing soul parts things like that might see a spirit animal and then from there connect with my spirit guides and and, and everybody that, you know that, that my team of supporters in that lower world connect with them to mm-hmm. to give guidance about how to go about helping helping them find their you know recovery oh cool so I got cat dander on my shirt so I'm just like trying to breathe here <laughs> um, <laughs> no that's a that's a really awesome journey um I've actually heard of ayahuasca before. Uh, on my old podcast I used to do, we actually interviewed some guy. Uh, he's a DJ out of California, but he was, has a, a holistic center in uh, Las Vegas. Mm. And he helps um, drug addicts yeah. uh, recover and mm. get off of drugs using ayahuasca. So I, I understand the power of yeah. of what it is that you've done 
and it, it truly can help people in, in many ways. And I'm glad that you actually found something that worked for you. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I, again, people who know me now, when they hear of the severity and maybe even the, um, you know, the, the danger that I possessed and sort of was manifesting in the world back in 2017, 2018, they have a hard time recognizing, like, you know, reconciling that. They're like, but you're such a teddy bear. You're such a whatever. And I'm like, oh, yeah, like, you should have seen me 27, 2017, 2018, you know, when I was going to jail and, and things like that. So, yes, it, it, it did work. It does work. Um, I'd encourage anybody out there who's interested in, in finding ayahuasca to, you know, to do their research and try to find a, a reputable place. Um, I know some places that I can refer people to. Um, there's, you know, I mean, they're, they're all over the world, frankly. Um, the, you know, the, the big dream would someday for, uh, for government, again, these crumbling systems, to finally step up and do the right thing and allow for the decriminalization of, of plants. Because that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about safe, entheogenic plants, and it, there's absolutely no reason other than racism and control that these plants were originally listed on Schedule One. So it's, it's sad that, you know, we can't have them, that we can't use them in, you know, in these, you know, in, in, in our communities um, here, here in Utah. Um, but yeah, there's still people who do it, um, who, who still provide that. And yes, I've seen it work on, on, on people with some serious addictions and alcoholism and whatnot. With your journey, and all that you've experienced, what advice do you have for people starting on their journey mm. and starting to take those new steps? <laughs> this is going to sound crazy, but to lean in, but also pump the brake at the same time. In other words, like I feel like there, there was a certain place in my journey early on where I felt completely overwhelmed, like, oh my gosh, how am I ever going to learn all this? Like, you know, do I need to go out and buy, you know, $10,000 worth of crystals today? Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. So, so I guess part of my advice is lean into that, like lean into what resonates with you. Like just learn to listen to your heart and trust your heart and not overthink it. Um, and then find what resonates with you. It's not all going to resonate with you. N not all of it should resonate with you. Um, you know, like we, again, there's, there's, it's a great big, you know, spectrum of things out there in the spectrum and some will resonate with you and others won't. So don't feel overwhelmed. Just lean into what feels right to you, what feels good to you, what you're being called to. And then what's not, that's the part where you can pump your brakes. You don't, you don't have to feel like you have to, you know, go off and spend, you know, $10,000 to do a, a, you know, a silent retreat the first weekend, like you're into this space. Yeah. Like, like, like you know, there's, there's still, there's plenty of time. Um, yeah. Exercise a little bit of restraint as well, but, but lean into what is right. Mm, I love that. That's great advice. I call that the eager beaver. Like yeah. sometimes we just jump straight in there and don't do anything and take all of those things without thinking things through. So that's a perfect way to articulate that. Thank you. Yeah. I think that, you know, just like everything else, I think you can find a wealth of information on YouTube, um, podcasts and things like that. Like, 
you know, like I, I don't even listen to music anymore. It's all about audible, audible, and audiobooks and podcasts and and YouTube. And again, that'll you'll be called to you'll you'll find what you know you're being drawn to, and then you know deep dive those and and just kind of follow follow your heart. Mm, yeah. The best medicine ever. Yeah. <laughs> um, so how could people find you if they wanted to connect more with you or some of your resources? Yeah, um, I'll just give you my email. Well, actually, I'll give you my email and my, a couple of my Facebook. Um, so you can email me at uh, jm6, so like Juliet, Mike, then the number six, at junipermtn, as in mountain, so junipermtn.org. That's my email. Uh, and then... Juniper Mountain Health and Wellness is a Facebook page. You can find me there. Um, oh, yeah, just look me up. Beautiful. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here, and thanks for everyone for watching and listening. And remember, don't be afraid to share your light.